The views and opinions expressed in this podcast may be triggering and don't necessarily reflect the views of myself or Blue Matter Project. Please note that I'm not a licensed therapist or a doctor, and all opinions of our guests are for informational purposes and should not be considered medical advice. For any questions about your own health, please consult a medical professional. Hi, everyone. Welcome back and welcome to the Mindful Matters podcast. I'm your host, Elaine Clark. On the show today, I have with me Lauren Schuvins. Lauren is the founder of the international wellness brand Samavira and a certified meditation and mindfulness instructor trained by Buddhist monks in Thailand. She has extensive experience facilitating workshops, trainings, and courses for hundreds of people worldwide, and her vision is to disrupt our version of normal so that we can start to live fully on our own chosen terms. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you because I was once very much a fidgety and skeptical meditator. I found it really uh, difficult to meditate. And so I wanted to bring her on the show today to talk to us about the benefits of meditation, why meditate, how we can use the practice of meditation and mindfulness to cultivate more self-compassion and ultimately more self-love. So thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Lauren, I'm excited to have you here on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. And, uh, you know, I always like to kind of start uh, right right from the beginning, just kind of going back in time. And for those who don't know your story, tell us a bit about your journey what brought you into this space and, you know, what was the journey that got you to Samavira? Certainly. Yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> My journey has been uh, a rough one, a tough one, to be very honest. I went into a depression at a very young age. And on top of that, I went through a few traumatic experiences, uh, amongst others, uh, being raped. And that obviously added to my depression. And... Um, I started using traditional therapy to get over it. And to an extent, this helped, but I felt it wasn't enough. I felt like the depression, the trauma went much deeper than that. So I started searching for self-empowering tools, alternative healing modalities to help me not just get through it, because I don't believe in getting over it, but getting through it, right? But also mm-hmm. to, um, to help change my mindset and my overall state, my overall being and well-being. And that's long story short how I came into um, how I came to meditation, how I came to mindfulness, because I started realizing that to shift from surviving towards thriving, and eventually being able to also share this with others and support others in their journeys, that's what it's ultimately always about. And uh, and that's basically how I started using meditation and mindfulness practices to not only support myself but then eventually also supporting others and supporting them on their journey and helping to spread meditation and mindfulness because I do believe that these are modalities that anyone can use um, no matter what situation they're going through to cultivate more self-awareness and hence more healing in their life. Mm -hmm. That's how that happened. 
Yeah. Well, I, I love what you've created with Samavira and, you know, I'm looking forward to getting a little deeper into you know, what Samavira offers and, and we'll get into that a little bit later mm-hmm. in the conversation. Um, but I'm so curious, you know, from your, uh, from your past, like what was your first experience of meditation? What was that like for you? <clears throat> well, the first time I started uh, trying out meditation, like the traditional form of meditation, let's say, So when I was 24, I was serving for an NGO in in Eastern Africa, in Congo to be exact, and I felt not good. (laughs) And I thought, okay, I heard of this thing called meditation a few times now. Why don't I go on Google, on YouTube, look it up, see what it's like? And I came across a six-week free online course where you have to meditate every day. It was tough. First time I didn't make it through. It was difficult, to be honest. But there was a great incentive that this course offered, which is to go to Thailand, to go to a 10-day meditation retreat with a scholarship, like on a scholarship, if you manage to finish. So, of course, that incentive being a great one, I tried again and managed to, uh, to finish. Eventually, I indeed was selected to go to Thailand, which was a great experience, meditating in a big group of people with, with Thai Buddhist monks in person. It was experience of a lifetime and eventually I decided that I don't want to keep this for myself I want to use this and use this for other people so I continue to become a certified meditation mindfulness trainer trained by the same Thai Buddhist monks with whom I went on that retreat a few years before and ever since I I created Samavera as an international meditation brand international wellness brand so I can spread meditation, mindfulness at a much larger scale than I could before. And mm-hmm. that's basically, yeah, that's basically uh, how I, I don't believe in coincidence, but how I kind of coincidentally came into it and the journey of a few years time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because my first experience of meditation was actually similar. I was, I was traveling. I was actually traveling in India. I was doing my first teacher, yoga teacher training uh, program and it took so much intentional effort to get myself to sit and meditate. Um, my first real introduction to meditation looked like me like closing my eyes for a second and then like eyes would open immediately and and like my mind was just racing and my body couldn't physically settle. Um, I was dealing with a lot of discomfort physically in my body and I think that, you know, one of the most important skills that continues to be honed and developed is this mindful awareness, like being able to recognize our physical experience when we need to calm down, uh, accessing breathing patterns when we're flooded so that we can, you know, we can soothe and calm ourselves and respond rather than react. And I think that patterns of pain or loops of self-judgment are some of the most challenging to work through. Mm-hmm. And in my experience on that that trip in India, I was I was dealing with heartbreak, I was dealing with a lot of transition um, and I was just in constant loop of of self-judgment and pain and discomfort. What has what has this been like in your experience to work through these patterns uh, using meditation? Uh, that's a that's a, a good and a deep question indeed. Um, yeah, I went from being 
very stuck in my head, stuck in my thoughts, stuck in self-blame, because I blame myself for many of the things that happened before, even though I couldn't rationalize it, right? But that's how you feel about it. Because if you can't really point a finger at someone else, then who do you point a finger at? <laughs> you know, yourself, even if it isn't true. And um, there was definitely a lot of self-judgment and self-blame going on. I started believing that I deserved the things that happened, etc. But from the moment I managed to cultivate more awareness, first of all, because I think this is very much about the what I like to call the three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action. And I used meditation and mindfulness to, first of all, create more awareness surrounding the thoughts and emotions that I had in the first place, because I wasn't aware of them, which empowers them. You know, if you're not aware, they control you. If you are aware, then you can, well, not control, but you can manage it better. So that's uh, how meditation and mindfulness started helping me at first. It was a big difference, a big change, and it all starts with awareness. Yeah. Yeah. The next, I managed to uh, to go into acceptance because I do believe that's the the second step here. And once you accept the current state that you're in, the current phase that you're in, because there's always a phase. This too shall pass, right? We've all heard it. Yeah. Once you accept that this is the current situation, you can start taking action to work towards your desired situation. But you cannot do that without first being aware, and second, accepting that what is is currently because only from that space you can move forward and until the acceptance is there you can fight you can you can you can do whatever you want but you won't be able to get there acceptance needs to come first yeah i love that and i think so often people really want to know how to use meditation to cultivate this unicorn of self-love and and there's this belief that if we travel to the mountains or meditate by the ocean, which is what I think you and I were doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, uh, you know, there's this belief that if we do that, we're going to reach self-love. And, you know, from my experience, that was like, I was so far away from self-love on that trip. <laughs> what, like, what does self-love or self-compassion even look like? Like, why do you think it's important to, um, why do you think that how do you think that we can even use meditation to develop this this self-love and self-compassion that so many people are looking for Mm -hmm. it's very true I also went to the mountains expecting that this was the thing I didn't have to do anything it would happen for me not by me right (laughs) so that's a very good point you're putting out there I think the concept or let's say the word of the word self-love for many people is actually very big and scary and it feels very far away and because it's not tangible it's an abstract notion right Mm. so how I often like to talk is in terms of self-care because for me self-care is what leads to self-love trying to make yourself love yourself is very difficult when you break it down into more actionable uh, steps almost it can become um, it can become much more practical and much more doable right And if you define self-care as any activity that you deliberately undertake in order to take care of your mental health, emotional health, uh, physical health, then it becomes much more understandable what it entails, right? And here again, from my perspective, meditation and mindfulness can help bring initially that awareness of the current phase, the current state that you're in. And from there, as we mentioned, the acceptance and from there, the action 
So when once you understand what's going on, once you understand what you need, you can actually make the decision to give yourself that. Because it's still a decision to take. It's still an action to undertake. And I'm emphasizing this so much because, like you just mentioned, which is a great uh, anecdote, mm-hmm. it doesn't just come. No matter how much you meditate, no, no matter how much mindfulness you, you uh, bring into your day, you'll still need to do something with the insights that come up. You still need to do something with the realizations that you have. If you realize, for example, that you're not actually taking good care of yourself, whether it's your mental self, your emotional self, your physical self, doesn't matter. They all are interdependent, of course. Um, We can never reach self-love or self-compassion. And the reason this is so important is that it's the foundation of everything else. If you practice good self-care, it leads to feeling better in your skin, feeling better in your head, in your thoughts, in your emotions, which eventually leads to better relationships with others. Because if you don't care for yourself, if you don't love yourself, then how on earth are you going to love someone else or is someone else going to love you? Because many of us focus on desiring more love from others to receive, to feel more loved and to receive more love from others. But how can we even expect that if we don't start with ourselves? And practicing self-love is the key to unlocking, receiving more love from others. Input and output are always correlated here. Yeah. That reminds me, uh, I remember hearing once this, I think it's a, an ancient proverb that says, be wary of the man who says, I love you, but mm-hmm. doesn't love themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so interesting. Yeah, um, exactly. you know, but I think what's confusing is like, how do we know? And this is, this is such a big question as I'm thinking it, <laughs> as I'm saying it, this is such a big question. How do we know when we've reached that self-love? Like what's your perspective on that (laughs) wow that's it that's a good question indeed (laughs) so i believe that it's this question that's almost hard to answer in words because it's about the feeling once it becomes uh, a given a normal almost that's when you know you reached it for example when it becomes more normal to give yourself what you need, to give yourself space, to say no to external things when you don't, when it doesn't serve you, when it doesn't suit you, when that becomes your new normal, you know you're practicing self-love. Because self-practicing self-love is the tip of the iceberg built on the rest of the iceberg, which is self-care, self-compassion, self-awareness, self-acceptance, and all the other concepts that we talked about earlier. So it's almost a knowing more so than, it's almost a feeling, an, an emotional knowing more so than being able to to put the answer in specific words, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So for anyone listening right now who finds themselves in patterns of pain or self-judgment, what do you suggest are some specific meditation practices to overcome these patterns or these uh, reoccurring emotional responses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier. And for some people, especially if you don't have much or any experience with meditation, mindfulness yet, it can be hard to dive into this. And there are some, I'll mention this in a bit, but there are some specific meditation tools and practices you can use. However, let me start with giving a few for people who are a bit newer to the practice. Um, meditation in itself doesn't necessarily mean 
sitting down in lotus positions, um, lighting some incense at home, you know, putting on your yoga pants, etc. It doesn't necessarily mean that. There is, of course, meditation and mindfulness are not the exact same thing, but they work hand in hand. If you, when you cultivate more mindfulness, it's easier to meditate because you're more aware, you're more calm, you're more um, in connection with yourself, basically. When you meditate more as a result, it becomes easier to practice mindfulness throughout the day. So they're really interdependent, right? If you're rather new to meditation or if it's difficult for you to meditate, you can start with, let's say, simple tools and techniques such as observing your breath, such as going through a body scan practice. Because these are generally tools and techniques that I use in my own meditations or the meditations that I guide to help get people into the actual meditation that follows. So these are, I like to see them as entry-level practices that I normally use to guide people into the meditation. And if you're new at meditation, you can use these practices, these tools, um, as standalones to practice becoming better and better at meditation. If you're more experienced, and, and when you become more experienced, let's say, there's a specific type of meditation called metta meditation or loving kindness meditation. And this one is definitely my go-to when it comes to cultivating compassion and love, both for yourself as well as every other being in the world. Both those you love, you know and love, as well as those you don't know, as well as those you know but are not in good connection with. So this meditation really helps to connect both internally and externally and to cultivate unconditional love eventually with more practice, of course. It's easier said than done, yes. However, if you know why you're doing it, to cultivate self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-love, to feel better in your skin, in your head, if you practice this over time, it's definitely reachable for everyone that's what i believe mm -hmm. can you walk us through uh you know some specific benefits of meditation i know a lot of people probably hear that oh you know it's a good idea to meditate but what what would you say are some specific benefits that someone can start to experience once they start meditating mm -hmm. that's a good question because it's true we talk a lot about all the benefits of meditation but we don't often break them down anymore these days um, med meditation can benefit on many different levels and layers. So, for example, the most known ones are mentally, emotionally. In an instant form, meditation can help you to calm down, to become less restless, to become more calm, more grounded, more uh, connected to yourself. So it's very useful in stressful situations and it's very useful on the spot in that regard as well. That's mostly mental, I would say. When it comes to emotional benefits, meditation can very well help to identify the emotions that you're going through, to understand exactly um, what you're feeling. And based on that, based on the awareness, acceptance, you can take action, which is to, to work with the emotions, understand where they're coming from, if it's a pattern or not, and if so, what to do with them. There's also many benefits on a physical level, because more and more studies uh, show these days that with prolonged meditation practice, and then I'm speaking about practice over months, years' time, it actually changes your brain physically, literally physically changes your brain. 
it um, creates new neural pathways. And um, I'm not an expert here, but it's very it's very interesting what these studies show. Um, your brain starts wiring itself differently. Literally, you're literally retraining your system to respond instead of react, to stay calm instead of fall into stress patterns. You're really retraining, rewiring your brain to um, get out of patterns that you may be stuck in, which is very interesting. And overall, also on a physical level, this is also what studies have been showing recently, prolonged meditation practice can help to prolong life, literally, to help live longer and healthier. So who doesn't want that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm such I, I'm such a science nerd when it comes to diving into the research of meditation. I feel like this is going to be my mm. lifelong <laughs> passion and even lifelong's work of just uncovering, mm. you know, just how powerful mindfulness and meditation can be mm. for for our, our brain and our nervous system and, yeah. and for longevity. I'm learning more and more these days about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's discovering. So, talk to us about Samavira. All right. So, as I mentioned, given that I wanted to really use everything that I went through, everything that I learned to also help others, because I'm definitely not the only one going through such experiences in life, right? Mm -hmm. I created Samavera, which is an international meditation brand, and we provide uh, meditation training in person. So we're basically moving away, or not moving away, we're building on what meditation apps have to offer. So we're mostly focused currently on people who already have some form of meditation practice, but who really want to deepen their practice and dive deeper because we provide in-person training and we create a very, um, a very, I would say interesting, but it sounds a bit funny perhaps talking about my own initiative, but a no, very <laughs> in-depth meditation experience working with all the, all the different senses. That's also why we provide our trainings in person. We use music, we use smells, we use light, etc. So we really give a whole renewed meditation experience to our students. And eventually our bigger vision is to turn this into an international franchise. So you can see this as us creating the Zumba for meditation, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm. To really have some of your spread all over the world, to have um, partners or franchisees who provide the same meditation trainings in their own location under the international wellness brand that we're establishing it's a big vision that we have <laughs> amazing mm. i love it <laughs> well thank you so much lauren you know for taking the time to be here with us on the show today for anybody listening what is the best way that they can connect with you we have or um, you can find us through our websites or social media instagram and facebook on samavera so either samavera.com or samavera on facebook or instagram and I'd be super happy to connect to anyone listening here. Any further questions that anyone may have, feel free to reach out. I'd love it. Mm -hmm. Lauren, thank you so much for being here with us today. I loved having this chat with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope you'll join us next time. 
Mindful Matters is written, hosted, and recorded by me, Elaine Clark. Special thanks to Karen Zorzi, our editor, Tawny Stoiber for the artwork, and our theme music by Bellwoods. If you can, please leave us a review. It helps others discover the show, and we really appreciate it. Let's keep these conversations going over at Blue Matter Project. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Shout